Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. You know, it's so hard for us as parents to keep up with the culture. As soon as we figure out one social network and uh, we know our kids are using that, oh, they're on to something else. And then we got uh, this learning curve to figure it all out. And uh, we're on to an artist and we try to be cool and say, yeah, I know that artist. And they're like, that's so yesterday. I'm John Fuller and I am dated. And I'm here with Danny Huerta who keeps his finger on the pulse of the kids. And uh, Danny's head of our parenting department. Danny, it's not always the most fun part of our job, but like it or not, we really do have to stay current on what our kids are looking at, listening to, uh, the tools they're using during their teenage years. Absolutely. That's why we have plugged in, right, at Focus on the Family. It's a tool for parents to keep up on the culture, on video games, on music, uh, streaming television. There's so many different places that kids are playing through uh, their technology use and entertainment, consuming, and and having messages come their way. And research has consistently said that parents that monitor, which means they're involved in the technology use with their kids and have intentional conversations, have kids that use it uh, in a more balanced way, in a Mm -hmm. better way, and are less likely to get into risky situations with technology and entertainment. So as parents, our job is to be intentional with it rather than just stepping back and saying, oh, teenagers are just going to be this way or... They, they need their freedoms. They need to figure it out. This is a time to really coach and help them think critically about what they're consuming, what's coming their way, mm-hmm. whether it's movies or other things they're playing to consume. Yeah, and get a little uncomfortable and engage with them in the song, in the uh, game, in the social uh, media platform they're on. Well, Jim Daly and I talked with Jim Burns. He's also a youth expert, and uh, we talked about being proactive and even prayerful during the teen times. Jim, uh, welcome back to Focus on the Family. It is great to be with the both of you and your listeners. I love being with you. I feel it's kind of like party time for us before the <laughs> broadcast. I just love hanging out with all you. All right. So, Jim, on behalf of all the parents of teenagers, let me just say, help! help! <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? I mean, it is tough today, the it, culture it and what's going on. Well, it, you hear this every day. Yeah, well, it, it's tough today, but you know, it if you would talk to parents of another generation, they would have said it was tough, too. But come on. Elvis no. Presley is nothing compared to today. <laughs> You're right. Well, I often say we were 13, 15, 16, but we were never their age because they experienced so much so young. Yeah. And you're right. You know, we talk about the culture, and the culture has bombarded us with things. As parents, we have to be more proactive. We have to be more intentional, more prayerful. And I believe that they can get through it. But the truth is, is that... We as parents have to make sure we're students of the culture and we understand that it is a transition time. Kathy and I would look at ourselves when our kids were going through the teen years because they're older now, and we would say, okay, this is a transition, right? They were children, (laughs) and they're going to one day become adults. But it's transition, right? And yet that's good advice, that it is a transition. It is. Uh, You illustrate in your book, which is great, by the way, Understanding Your Teen, you mention this dog and cat story, how to parent. (laughs) What in the world are you bringing dogs and cats into parenting for? (laughs) Well, actually... Um, our family have we've had cats and we've had dogs and oh. Milo the cat was kind of moody and would come up on my lap ever so often and then all of a sudden you know not purr but look at me and go and move on and we'd <laughs> see him about two days later and the dog never did that 
It's always happy. Always happy. We have golden retrievers, and they're just amazing. They like us even if we don't like them. But uh, the fact is, is that I think teens are like cats. So you have children. (laughs) So up until teenagers, they're more like dogs dogs in a good way. Exactly. And then there's this one day when they morph into a cat. (laughs) And, And you're saying, what happened here? Where did this come from? Now, the good news is, I think for most parents, and it's hard when you're in the middle of the battle, and both of you all are in the middle of the battle, but in the middle of it, you know, they do turn back to dogs. I've had that experience. Well, now, what, are, what are the characteristics <laughs> you are describing here for those who may not hey, have dogs? you just dogs leave it for the audience to know, Joe. Exactly. I, well, know. I would, again, all of your cat lovers are going to write to you all, not mm-hmm. me. But, you know, cats can be, you know, emotional. Cats can be temperamental. Cats can be, you know, somewhat moody. And yes, I'm not saying every teenager in the world is that way, but a lot of them are. Because, again, they're moving from dependence toward independence. When they do that, it's very much the possibility that they're going to go through kind of an experimental phase, that they're going to, you know, color outside the lines, that they're going to challenge you with their faith. They're going to challenge you, period. Cats tend to challenge you more, at least that was my experience as a proud cat owner, um, than dogs. Dogs just kind of come back for more and are happy to be there. So I'm not saying that it's just about emotions, but I am saying that that's very, actually, this is deeper than we're talking about because, because kids are going through all kinds of things. They've gone through puberty. They've started at puberty, and now they've gone through puberty, and that really changes you. It does change you, and, and this is why we're talking about this today, because mm-hmm. uh, parents, all of us, need to be equipped to yeah. better handle that. I think one of the most difficult things, Jim, is as parents, we live just in the moment, and we're right. not looking long-term, and we're going right. to get to some of those questions in a minute. But first, the big picture, uh, you and several experts when it comes to teenagers have pointed out that the term teenager is fairly new. I think right. 1940s or 50s. Yeah, yeah, 1942. And it used to be you went from childhood to adulthood. You started right. working. Even biblical tradition, you know, the boy did his bar mitzvah. He became, you know, socially responsible at 13. He probably got married around 15, 16, and then started his family. It described the evolution now of where teenagers Uh, where that term came from and what we should expect from them. Well, it's interesting. The term actually came 1942, Scientific American. Somebody just called them teenagers. Hmm. And a lot of this teen stuff can go back to to the brain because your brain, the frontal cortex of your brain, which is the decision-making process, is still developing during those teen years. Especially in boys, right at the end. I mean, boys till 25, which is why your teenager might say, I'm going to jump off this thing, whatever it is you're going, that's fatal. And, you know, they just can't think it through sometimes. Well, I remember my daughter, we were, we live on the Bible streets, so we live on Timothy Drive. And uh, (laughs) my daughter was standing on top of a car pretending like she was with a friend of hers, and she was pretending like she was surfing down the street, and dad turns the corner with mom. And, of course, my wife pretty much right there had a heart attack. The car and was moving? The car was, was moving, yes. Oh, my yes, goodness. Yes. And I what said, is she thinking? I know. Well, exactly. And I was thinking the same thing. But at the same time, I went, well, you could kind of blame it on the brain. Because when she's hopefully when she's 25, she's not going to be standing on the top of that car. Hopefully she'll make it to 25. Um, but the illustration you know, bids that sometimes kids make some really poor choices. And parents have to understand this when they're raising teens. Really good parents have kids who make poor choices. And a lot of parents beat themselves up. I think we did. You know, our kids took a bump at times. Uh, They weren't the perfect teenagers, and I thought they were going to be because my background was student ministry. But with that, we would say we we didn't give them enough. You know, we went to Hawaii instead of doing a mission trip. Uh, We should have prayed more. We should have done this more. We should have had them at church more often. We took a lot of the blame when, in fact, part of it was just 
honestly, teenagers going through an experimental stage. Well, that's a huge issue, and I felt that too, and I think all parents feel that to a degree. But speak to that parent who may have that prodigal now. I mean, they're 23 or 25, and they're not walking in the faith, and the parents take a big part of that burden and that responsibility, say, we messed up. Well, we're going to take it, Jim. It's just going to happen. And yet there is that season if you look at faith formation, that kids have to disown their parents' faith to own their own to make it really good. And that's not easy for the parent. It's also not easy for the kid. And what I want to do is give those parents hope because you'll hear, and I'm sure it's been on your broadcast, it's anytime I talk to anybody about teens, you know, about 65% of kids who are in the church leave the church sometime in their college years or, you know, workforce years or after 18 for a while. But what we're seeing more and more is that they do come back. Right. And so Dr. You, Powell at Fuller has done exactly, that research. Exactly. Kira's yeah. doing great research on that and others as well. And what we do see is that the scripture that says, train up a child in the way that they would go, and in the end they will return, it doesn't say they're going to go through or it with when they sailing. are old. Yes, exactly. The translation. It, exactly. <laughs> I always take a little bit of yeah, so, comfort in And that. how you define old, I don't know, because I used yeah. to define old at like 35, and now that I'm getting older, I'm, you know, I keep, it keeps <laughs> yes. getting older. Older is, But again, what I'm saying is, is that if you were intentional, if you had faith conversations in the home, if they were raised with a student ministry, if they had the intentionality and the discipline of having prayer uh, around the table. And I'm not talking about toxic stuff, but good stuff. You know what? They kind of return. They return when they get married. They return when they have kids. Does everybody? No. But I think the parents who are just struggling like crazy because their kid goes, I don't want to go to church anymore. What they need to hear is that that may be a part of their becoming a stronger believer because they're disowning their parents' faith to one day own their own. So, Danny, the comparison of teens to cats, it really fits in some ways. I mean, moody, emotional, temperamental, not all the time, but sometimes, and it's not a lot of fun to deal with. It's pretty normal, though, for teens to get that way, right? John, teenagers do have these moments, but they're not all the time, like you said, and I think that we begin to create a self-fulfilling prophecy by describing them that way. They have new opinions. They have uh, different emotions that they're trying to learn how to deal with and manage. And as parents, we have to step into those with grace, with compassion, with understanding, because they can trigger us quickly. And this, the teenage years bring out the biggest insecurities and vulnerabilities that parents have. And yet our role to create those connection points uh, is essential. And so when we see those moments of uh, emotional upheaval or moodiness, know where it's coming from, and then step into it and help the child understand or the teenager understand what is happening in their world. What do they see that they need to maybe see a little differently and understand in different ways? Is it helpful for my teenager to hear me say, listen, I know a little bit of what you're feeling because I was a teenager too myself. Or does that like shut them down? Like, yeah, you don't know actually. And as we've talked about before, John, saying, hey, help me see what you're seeing because I'm not seeing it that way. Hmm. But if, if you're, and then they, they may share something, and if you see it in a way that is really catastrophic to them, you say, well, I can understand why you feel that way then, because you see it that way. Yeah. I see it a different way. Do you mind if I share my point of view? And they may say, no, I, yeah, tell me what you see, in a, in a way kind of challenging you. And you tell them, well, I see it this way, and it may open up their mind to mm. some other things. The teenage years start to narrow down focus and opinion and what you're trying to do is reopen it hmm. so that they can see the full picture yeah. as they become adults, because that's more of an adult-like brain yeah. uh, as they're maturing. 
Well, I appreciate what you've shared with us today. And certainly Jim Burns had a lot to say about this topic in his book, Understanding Your Teen. And if you'll be so kind as to make a generous donation to Focus on the Family today, we'll send a copy of Jim Burns' book to you as our way of saying thanks for joining the support team. It's a great tool, and uh, we'd love to send that to you. Also, uh, check into our Launch into the Teen Years kit. Uh, If you've got preteens, this is a really superb resource to help you uh, navigate the coming days and help your child navigate Uh, the changes they're about to experience. We'll have all the links for our store and that book and a way for you to donate in the show notes, uh, our website and our phone number as well. Next time, you'll hear more from Jim Burns about the importance of remaining a student of the culture, especially during these teen years. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm -hmm.